0: I was 20 years old when I walked into West Penn Burn Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wearing that name badge that said registered nurse.
1: Welcome to the LAMP Podcast, where we are shining a light on the stories of caregivers. back to The Lamp Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Labrie. All storytelling is about meaning-making, right? And humans, us, we love meaning-making and storytelling. It's an inherent part of being human. And that's kind of the foundation of this podcast. Telling a story, making meaning out of our lives. Two years ago, I had the opportunity to tell a story at a woman-focused storytelling event hosted by Amanda Ramsey at She Stories, which is how I ended up here with a podcast. I mean, it's partly how I ended up here. I've also always loved storytelling. I've been writing and making up stories since I was little. Uh, In sixth grade, I wrote a murder mystery play. I got a bachelor's degree in English, and I was part of a creative writing club while I was in college. And that brings me to today's topic, in a way, origin stories. Everyone loves an origin story, right? I mean, that's why everyone loves all these Marvel movies. How did they become the superhero they are? How did they get, you know, where they were? And everyone especially likes to hear a story that's kind of like self-made man or woman, you know, pulled yourself up from your bootstraps or whatever it is. I also love an origin story. And even in the example I gave to you about myself, you know, me starting with a storytelling event two years ago, and now I have a podcast, origin stories can be like that, where you choose the starting point. You start there, or you go back even further, and you say, oh, I always loved writing. I always loved reading. I went to the library all the time when I was growing up. I got a degree in English. I was in a creative writing club. Of course I would do something with storytelling. Like I said, I love origin stories, but I'm really interested in the kind of multifactorial background of how somebody gets all the way from a starting point to the end point. Um, A lot of times people tell the story and they hit the highlights, right? A and then B, and now here I am at C. But I love hearing like the various components of their background that really led to I'm getting where they are the skills they develop the experiences because it's usually a combination of things not not just one event that shaped your whole life or is it that's I think the question of origin stories is it one event that shaped your whole life or is it multifactorial like I lean towards I don't know if that makes sense or if I'm just rambling but I'm always fascinated by the story of somebody who gets to where they are. And then when you really dig deep in the background of their life, you go, oh yeah, totally this makes sense what they were doing now. Because when they were younger, they were doing X and Y. And those two skills leads them to here. So as a storyteller, you get to decide your origin story. And that's what you share with other people. You get to decide what narrative elements make the cut, what pieces get to stay, you get to make the meaning out of how you got where you are today. This season started with a little origin storytelling about my life as a single mom, and the last episode we just did was, a, was more origin storytelling with Ketavan moving to the U.S. and how she became a caregiver. And I have a few more kind of origin stories in store for you featuring caregivers. Today's story is a little bit of an origin story, too, and it comes from Tara Ryan Cosmas. She's the founder of a nonprofit to help caregivers with psychological first aid. Here's her story.
0: My story was gifted to me 35 years ago when, at the age of eight months old, I survived a 23% burn injury. I have no memory of the initial injury or the physical pain I endured. I am one of the lucky ones. I never had to grieve for a self I once had. I never had to look in the mirror to see a newly scarred being. I never felt physically unrecognizable. The scars on my arm, my chest and my legs, they are all I have ever known. The injury occurred in a matter of seconds. Medical treatment spanned 18 years. Countless doctor's appointments, reconstructive surgical procedures, horrifically painful dressing changes, hours of physical therapy, and time spent in pressurized garments followed. Like all traumas, recovery is multidimensional. It's messy, it's complicated, and it's really frightening. It is an emotional and spiritual process, one that I am continually navigating. Several months ago, as the pandemic stretched on, I asked a nursing colleague how she was doing. She said, some days I feel like I'm on top of a mountain, Other times, it feels like I'm stuck at the bottom. Her statement of truth summarizes my sentiments well. I am a 36-year-old woman, equal parts surviving and thriving with PTSD. This exchange was also a welcomed reminder of our collective power and our ability as a profession to heal one another through truthful conversation. Growing up, I was bullied significantly. I was called ugly by those who didn't understand. It required a profound bravery just to show up to school day in and day out to be called such names. From this struggle came the realization that those who are a part of my circle are authentic in their love for me and I them. They are people who have sat with me in the darkness and waited patiently until I have found the light. They are people who never allowed me to remain small. As a result of both the bullying and the support, I devoted my life to ensuring those I encounter never felt alone. I wanted to reach other burn survivors. I wanted to sit with them until they found their light and I wanted to care for others the way I had been cared for. I was 20 years old when I walked into West Penn Burn Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wearing that name badge that said registered nurse. I remember the first time I saw raw, fresh burn and scars that did not belong to me. I remember the first time I heard the painful cries from a patient as I changed their dressing. I remember the first time a patient looked into my eyes, pointed to my arm and asked, is that what my scars will look like? I remember the first time a patient felt hope for my healing. I didn't know it then, but I was beginning a 12-year journey of coming home to my body, a place of acceptance and self-compassion, a place where self-doubt was no longer permitted to dwell. No matter the stage of healing, burn survivors require emotional support. In 2005, I took action. I attempted to create a peer support group for burn survivors. I envisioned a community to grieve, to process, to heal, a place to ask questions. But the timing was off. It felt like the world just wasn't ready, and looking back, Frankly, neither was I. So I kept doing the healing work alone, but this time it was different. I did the work with the knowing alone would not be forever. This story is just like every other story in my life. I kept going, even when it hurt. And when it hurt too bad, I asked for help. But I always came back, and I continued believing at all costs One day, I would create a space for those to be heard. So I began studying and learning. I obtained a peer support certification. I entered the world of nursing education. I sought out mentors doing heart-centered work I admired. I studied the art of debriefing and I became certified. I focused specifically on nursing simulation and debriefing. By mirroring reality, I could help to better prepare nurses for difficult situations they would undoubtedly face. I devoted myself to creating a safe space, a container of love and support for nurses to express core emotion surrounding difficult, traumatic, and often heartbreaking situations, a place to learn and grow and to become the best possible version of self both in and out of the profession. Every loss is a wound that must be healed, every win must be celebrated and it must be done together in community. Fast forward March 15th, 2020, a global pandemic arrived with a vengeance I felt a shift, I knew something was happening inside of me and the calling was coming. In my journal I wrote, when all external noise ceases and my body finds stillness, I will reach out with my heart. I am physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally ready to serve my community when called." In the coming days, texts and calls, they flooded in from both current and former students, nursing colleagues and friends. In one day, I received over 30 reach outs. For the first time, our profession was fearful, fearful for our patients, our families, and our communities at large. Those reaching out needed a space for their fears to be heard, And one by one, I began debriefing the front lines. 11 days later, debriefing the front lines incorporated and the Heal the Healers project was born and officially given a name. This is 16 years in the making and only the beginning all at once. There is no doubt, this is what I had been preparing for. The trials and tribulations, the bullying and the pain, the survivors I met along the way, they are all part of this story. Debriefing the Frontlines Incorporated is a nurse and veteran operated 501c3 nonprofit organization located in Baltimore, Maryland. We offer a variety of emotional support services to registered nurses across the United States. Currently, we have about 300 participants in 11 states. Our mission is to deliver psychological first aid and sustained emotional wellness through community investment shared values, and collective action as we continue to define what it means to be a modern nurse working in a global pandemic and humanitarian crisis. Our most popular offering is the Heal the Healers Communication Initiative, a daily and consistent originally authored text message of love and support sent at either 6.15 AM or PM, based upon the nurse's shift selection. This unique offering allows the recipient to respond should they wish. Many nurses are experiencing pre-shift anxiety. This initiative allows nurses to share and express these feelings prior to the start of their workday. As a burden survivor, I hold a unique perspective. The perspective of both patient and nurse. Owning this perspective has been both an immensely painful struggle and an enlightening journey home to myself. Every moment has led me to this moment and to all of you. I am alive because a nurse just like you cared for me with skillful hands and a compassionate heart. The Heal the Healers Project is my gift of gratitude and my life's greatest work. This work this work is dedicated to the registered nurses at Children's Hospital National Medical Center in Washington DC who decades ago saved my life. This work is dedicated to every burn patient I cared for within the walls of the ICU. Every day standing among the survivors, I felt the power of the human spirit. This work is dedicated to every student who, in teaching them, I learned of my own magnificent ability and power. Be it burns, traumas, anxiety, depression, moral injury, assault, bullying, injustice, hate, unlove, or heartbreak, we are all survivors of this life working to heal our hurt.
1: Thanks for listening. And thank you, Tara, for sharing your story. Tara Ryan Cosmos is a burn survivor, a registered nurse, an educator, and the founder of a 501c3 nonprofit organization, Debriefing the Front Lines. You can find her on Instagram at Cosmic Garden, on Facebook, at Debriefing the Frontlines Incorporated. And her website, cosmicgarden.com slash project. If you enjoyed this story, we have more in store for you with another origin type story coming in two weeks. And if you have a story that you'd like to share, you can go ahead and go to our website, thelamp.blueberry.net. That's thelamp.blu.brry.net. And go to the About page and submit your idea for a story. We'll catch you on the next episode.